episode 172, hashtag work-life-harmony. Hey everyone, this is Stacey Lindis from Podcast PD, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Make sure you check out all of the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educator's podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators, it's Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. I think it's pretty cool that you're spending your free time investing in your own potential by listening to a podcast as a form of entertainment and professional development that's pretty elite. This podcast episode is especially for teachers in distress as we talk about the work-life balance myth and how to find harmony among the chaos. You'll hear practical game-changing strategies from two greats like Jeff Bezos and Simon Sinek. Let's reignite your passion and potential. You ready? Here we go. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving filled with family and friends and lots of memories. My husband, kids, and I drove to Wilmington from Charlotte to be with my husband's family. And on the way down, our kids were sleeping. So instead of listening to music, we decided to just chat quietly among ourselves. And it was something we haven't done in a long time. Just be present, hanging out, connecting. It felt relaxing to only do that one thing for three and a half hours. It was a good reminder To go back to the basics, just sit with the ones you love. I learned a lot about my husband that I hadn't known since our lives were turned upside down with our precious girls. So making time to talk to the ones we love should be on top of our to-do list every day. Which leads me to the make time for ourselves topic for our episode today. You see, in my conversation with my husband, he was telling me about this great Forbes magazine article he read about the CEO of Amazon named Jeff Bezos. I'll link the article in the show notes if you want to read it in its entirety. Just visit alwaysalesson.com and click on podcast and you'll see this episode right there. So Bezos, if you don't know, is the world's richest man and for a good reason. Without going into detail about all of his business ventures, I want to spend time talking about his approach to leading people that was mentioned in this article entitled, Jeff Bezos says his advice to Amazon interns and execs is to stop aiming for work-life balance. Here's what you should strive for instead. So the gist of the article is that Bezos doesn't like this term work-life balance because it's unrealistic and that it means you equally trade off personally and professionally instead of a more holistic relationship that he coined work-life harmony. And he pushes this idea onto any new hires at Amazon. But what is uniquely cool about Bezos is that he makes sure to have enough time every morning to make himself breakfast, 
wash his own dishes, schedule very few meetings, and doesn't even set his alarm clock before going to bed. And you might be thinking, well, it must be nice to be him. You know, he's rich and can do whatever he wants. I can't just not show up to work because I want to have work-life harmony by not setting an alarm clock or, I don't know, reporting to meetings. Uh, But what he is doing is making time for himself because when he does that, he's better at his job and he might not spend equal time at work that he does at home or vice versa. And that is why it's not called balance, but it's enough of an effort that his professional and personal life begin to work in harmony, like a partnership, you know, that each pulls their weight. In some seasons, your personal life might pull more weight and other seasons, your professional life might pull more weight. The point is, if we make time for whatever we individually need to rejuvenate and enjoy life, then we can reap the benefits on the professional side, as long as we're not doing too little or too much of it. I do want to quote a piece of the article because I think he says it wonderfully in terms of the value that having harmony can have on you and your life. He said, if I'm happy at home, I come into the office with tremendous energy. And if I'm happy at work, I come home with tremendous energy. You never want to be that guy, and we all have a coworker who's that person, who as soon as they come into a meeting, they drain all the energy out of the room. You want to come into the office and give everyone a kick in their step. And that's the thing. If we're teachers in distress, we often are affecting other people just like they're affecting us. And we cannot be great at our jobs when we're drained at home, and we can't be great at home if we're drained at our job. We had to find a way to get excited about both, and it turns out taking a long vacation once a year over summer break isn't enough to sustain joy momentum for the entire school year, and that's certainly not balanced or even harmonized. Smaller trips, though, spaced out throughout the year where you can unplug and unwind certainly help. Or heck, just try talking to people around you instead of scrolling on your phone. Speaking of that, I was listening to a YouTube video from Simon Sinek called This is Why You Don't Succeed, and it's all about the millennial generation's habits, and I'll go ahead and link that one in the show notes too. So he was talking about when you're waiting for a meeting to start, everyone's on their phones. Instead of connecting as colleagues and people through conversation prior to the meeting, everyone is just disengaged, and it's hard to create a strong team when people aren't connected. And it makes showing up to work worth it when you do have cheerleaders on your team encouraging you to do your best or when your boss asks specifically about your kids or wife or, you know, past vacation. Those few moments of chit-chat, whether it's in a waiting room or a hotel lobby or in the elevator, those connections bring joy and energy to your body and mind. And if we keep cutting it out by working all the time with our heads buried in our phones, connecting with people that aren't even standing next to us, we lose the opportunity to become our best self. So in taking what I learned from Bezos of work-life harmony and marrying that idea to Cynic's idea of present connections, I now understand that if I want to live a happy life at work and a happy life at home, I have to stop. That's it. I'm trying to do too much that doesn't matter and I'm becoming less because of it. I'll say that one again because it just hurts me so deep inside to admit it. I'm trying to do too much that doesn't matter, and I'm becoming less because of it. I need to have a dream board for my ideal day, like not some bogus ideal dream world millionaire kind of day, but a logical, realistic day that makes me happy. You know, one where I can be my best at work and at home and wake up every day excited to be with the people who surround me in both those areas. 
On a side note, by the way, Cynic mentioned charging your phone in another room so you don't check it when you get up in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning. And I know this definitely helps recharge you, <laughs> speaking of charging your phone, because my husband has tried something similar to this. He's told me he doesn't wake up immediately feel stressed reading his email inbox. And he's tried reading the Bible or meditating or just making coffee in the silence in the morning. And his mood escalated and he was ready to work hard when he showed up at the office. So if I were to plan this real realistic yet super happy day, it would look like this. Wake up. Walk my dog while catching fresh air, waking up my muscles, uh, make breakfast while visiting with my kids and husband, shower, get ready for work. And I can't really plan my work day because as a teacher, that's pretty dictated for you. But when I return from those required duties, I'd leave my phone in my work bag until my kids were in bed that night. I'd spend time playing with the pup outside and hearing about my kids' day, cooking dinner with music instead of TV eating together, sharing stories, uh, putting the girls down to bed with multiple stories instead of just one quick rushed one, <laughs> maybe even cuddle on the couch, catching up with my husband for a few minutes before opening my laptop, reading you know, any important emails or completing any urgent tasks before turning it off and heading to bed. To me, this is great because like I mentioned, just having the TV on sometimes makes me stress, especially watching the news. And so if I know these things trigger me and drain my energy, then I can avoid them. I don't need it on. I can read the highlights later. But especially with kids, like they're only young once and I need to really enjoy these moments instead of rush, 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 trying to get other things done. And just like not having the phone and seeing the alerts or hearing the alerts helps me stay in the moment and not worry about what's going on because it's really not that important. And I don't have to check or respond to an email as soon as I get it. I can wait and batch them all at once and respond to whatever I need to later that evening. So I think that day's pretty realistic. It might mean I wake up earlier so I have time to walk the dog and eat breakfast at the table. But if those things are going to bring harmony between work and home, then that's what I need to do. And some days are going to be long at work with meetings or events, but that's why it's not called balance. When we think everything has to be equally balanced, we set ourselves up for failure because we'll never get work and life to suck out the same amount of time and energy. But if work and life can yin and yang together without tipping the scales too much in one direction for too long, I'd be a happy camper. So I pose the same exercise to you. Dream up your ideal day of work-life harmony, you might be like me and can't control too much of your workday, but you can figure out how to make up for it at home, whether it's during the week or weekend. I highly encourage you to read the Beezus article and listen to the Cynic video because you will definitely get something out of it that I did not, and that might be the missing key to your harmony equation. I also caution you to be kind to yourself and don't expect perfection. If you dream up the ideal day and it takes three months to achieve it, then that's fine. It's still a success because it took you planning it and working through the rough patches to finally get there, whether it's in a minute or a month. The important lesson I wanted to share with you is that you can love your job again. You can be great at it while also being great and happy at home. There isn't a magic recipe, but there are certain things we can do to increase the likelihood that we can find harmony in our lives. And it's up to you to start thinking through what those certain things might be, eliminating or rearranging activities that bring stress so that there's more room for moments of joy and rejuvenation. 
For me, I have got to put my device down and start connecting to people around me. There is no reason to check my phone as often as I do. I'm really not that important and nothing in my life is that important. What is important is that every minute I am present in this life, I am missing too many moments and connections that could serve me well if I just looked up and smiled at people. Grocery stores, carpool lines, gas pump, you name it. You never know what a connection can do for your mind, body, and soul. It just might lead to a great next chapter. It might repair old wounds. It might provide insight into some lingering question you've had. Whatever it might be, could hold tremendous value, but if you are like me and living an unbalanced, out-of-harmony life, you're missing moments that matter. Missing plenty of moments that matter. I am not sure what your specific reason is to being a teacher in distress. For me, it was doing too many things that didn't align with my purpose at work or home, and it just sucked me bone dry. Whatever your reason is, I hope you hear the possibilities and the option to find harmony instead of perfect balance. And may that open up your eyes to a better, productive, happier life at work and home. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on the importance of work-life harmony so that you can be your best, not just today, but tomorrow and always too. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. (laughs) 